Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. that it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I want to talk about learning and imitating God's giving nature. Learning and imitating God's giving nature. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you, Lord, for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. Have your way now. Grant a fresh anointing of your spirit upon us, upon me to preach, upon us to hear and receive so that yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed from our lives. It's in the precious and the miraculous name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Learning and imitating God's giving nature. Hallelujah. Amen. God's giving nature. Praise the name of Jesus. One of the things that we learn as we grow in the Lord is that God is a giving God. Is that right? But the magnitude of his giving nature... It takes some time for us to comprehend and more time for us to emulate that given nature. So, you know, at one time we sang regularly in the body of Christ, you can't beat God giving no matter how you try. For the more you give, the more he gives to you. Just keep on giving because it's really true. You can't beat God giving no matter how you try. And we sang that uh, most of the time during offering or preparing for offerings, money, to give money in the church. However, God's giving and his challenging us to become like him did not start, nor does it stop with giving money. Amen. His giving is a part of his very being, as a part of his nature. It is a part of his character that he tells us to emulate. Amen. God is a giving God. 
And his intent and command for us, his children, is that we imitate him. That we be like him. We talk about being Christ-like. Amen. So Christ-like, uh, being Christ-like is not only being Christ-like in the way we think. Of course, your thoughts precede your actions. <laughs> it's not theoretical. That's what I'm saying. It is what we do in our everyday lives. It's what we practice being Christ-like in our actions, being Christ-like in our behaviors. In the book of James, we're even taught to be doers of the work of the word. It says uh, that, uh, that he that is a doer of the work of the word shall be blessed in his doing. Well, effectively doing the work of the word is a result of our being. Being. Can someone say being? Our being is a result of what Holy Spirit does in us. It's what, what, as, as, as the Spirit of God lives in us, all right, um, he is in us to live out the life of God through us. But in the process, he's transforming us to be like him. Amen. This is not the first time you've heard this. You've heard it over and over again. If you live for 50 more years in the church of Jesus Christ, you're going to hear it again. There's a process that we're going through for the Lord to transform us to be like him. Now, you know, some of us are stubborn. Yeah, some of us are stubborn. We're set in our ways. We like doing what we want to do when we want to do it, how we want to do it. But, but, but the Lord wants us to be like him. The Holy Spirit is living in us to transform us to be like him. Amen. Uh, so his living in us is not just for us to preach or to prophesy or to sing. His living in us is for us to be like him. Amen. Because living goes beyond what we do in the sanctuary. It's what we do every day. Every day at home, I'm to be like Christ. When, when I'm driving my car, I'm to be like Christ. Amen. When I'm, when I'm in Walmart or Publix, I am to be like Christ. When people aggravate me, I am to be like Christ. Amen. Why do people laugh when, you, when we say the truth? You know, because what we, you know why we laugh? Because we know that we're not doing what the Lord tells us to do. We know what the word says, but we've made up our mind. I'm not doing that. Then there's a problem. There's a problem when we make up our minds. I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> Lord, help us. Help us. Help me that I'll stay and preach what you want me to preach. But you have to be, and be very careful that you don't hear me. Hear the Lord. Amen. Amen. When your pastor stands in your midst, see the Lord. I pray that I act accordingly when I stand in your midst. And when I'm at home, too, I'm by myself. But I, I don't want to act in a way that God is not glorified. So that when you see me and you hear me speak, you're not just hearing a man. Amen. I am a man. But I, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Because you're not supposed to know me after the flesh. Know me in the spirit. Amen. Sometimes we, 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 we become too carnal. Amen. Anyway, let me go on. I ain't throwing no stones at nobody. I'm trying to teach you something. It's very important that you respect your man and your woman of God. Amen what Holy Spirit is doing. Because the problem is, if you don't see me in my place as, as God's servant, then you begin to hear the words that I say as Alfred Jackson and not as God. Amen. Amen. So Holy Spirit is living in us and, 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 and he's, he's transforming us to be like him. Amen. And, and he does this so that so that the people we encounter in this life have an opportunity to encounter him. 
and not us. Amen. You're going to meet people, more people, than you meet when you come to worship on Sunday. Those people need to encounter Jesus. Amen. Last Sunday we talked about we are, we are God's change agents. I think y'all felt a little rebuke when I said that, but it wasn't a rebuke. It was just a teacher. Y'all got real quiet. <laughs> uh, yeah. In VBS on Thursday, on Thursday night, we discussed the parable of the talents. Okay. The landowner giving, the NIV says bags of money. I want to use bags of money, giving talents, you know, because, you know, I like the idea of bags of money. You know, he gave talents to one servant, he gave five, another servant, he gave two, and one servant, he gave one. We discussed that and had some wonderful discussion around that. And he said to them, I want you to invest this. I want you to trade with this while I'm gone. The Bible says we're going a long time. Okay. Well, in that parable, we briefly discussed God's giving nature. The master, the landowner, symbolized God. Okay. The servants symbolized the followers of Christ. Now, there was a lot of discussion that went into that. And when you begin to, dis- when you begin to study the scriptures, there's a lot of background information that goes into that. I can't preach all of that this morning. Y'all. Some of you already complained. I preached an hour, so I can't go into all of that. All right? Because that would be a two hours. Amen. That would be two hours. This, I preached one time. I was in seminary and went to this Church of God in Christ down somewhere in Mississippi. And one of my friends invited me to preach. And when I finished preaching, one of the old mothers came. She said, son, you had a good sermon. You just didn't preach long enough. I said, okay, mama. The Lord can fix that. (laughs) Amen. I can preach a long time. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. I was preaching in the library one time. I had two interpreters. The first one got wore out. He couldn't make it. He had to call a backup. Come and help. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Yeah. So, so the master that symbolized God, the servant symbolized the followers of Christ, who've been entrusted with gifts, skills, abilities, and resources. Okay. The master or God is the one who gives. He gives. They didn't come and ask for it. He just gave it to them. He entrusted them with this, okay? And the Lord took me back to this because there, there was so much in, in, in this that, 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 that we need to talk about, amen? We need to discuss. We need to understand who God is. We need to really see God and see him uh, in his multifaceted uh, character and nature, okay? Uh, we need to see how God deals with humanity because He's called us to deal with humanity. I often say that God did not call me to minister to to blocks, amen, and to to, to material or or to minister to animals. He sent me to minister to people. And he sent us to minister to people, amen? Uh, We need to see how God deals with humanity. You see, when we study God's dealing with humanity, we see God as a giver. We see God as a giver. He blew into Adam the breath of life, and man became a living being. God gave his breath for Adam, for humanity, to come alive. Amen? Amen. He created the world and placed man in his created world, filled with everything that mankind would need, even the opportunity to prove how responsibly Humanity, how we can handle being created in his image and likeness. God great, God gave. God gave. He's a giver. He's a giver. I, I'm going to talk a little bit about that created in just a few moments. Uh, and I think hopefully it'll bless you. Amen. Um, when, when, when man failed to, to, to live up to his responsibility, and tried to cover his sin, even though punishment resulted, God gave the proper covering for man's sin. God gave. God gave. We can fast forward to Jesus. Amen. Another gift 
from God to humankind because God's love, because, hallelujah, because of God's love and because of our sin. John 3.16, and we all know it says, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God gave. On the day of Pentecost, amen, God gave Holy Spirit to indwell and empower believers. And he is still in the world today. He is still ministering today. God gives. Amen. By nature, God is a giver. Amen. Amen. So as I was praying about this, amen, uh, uh, and what the Lord showed me, I asked the Lord, how do I prepare this into a sermon and not a statement? Because I can just say God is a giver and be done with it. But this needs to be a message to the church, I sense the Holy Spirit saying. And he led me to this passage of Scripture. Now, now when you look at this passage of Scripture, it doesn't sound like it's talking about God giving. Amen. It doesn't. When I read it, it sounded more like a commentary on love. Amen. More than a commentary on giving. However, loving someone, really loving someone is giving. Amen. And the teaching of this parable is a powerful message to the followers of, of Jesus Christ about our giving, not just money, and not just to those who are like us. It is a, it is a great teaching on giving in a way uh, that is much more challenging and much more give, deeper than giving money or other resources. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor. Now, now you got to look at, you got to study the background again. I can't preach it all, but, but apparently Jesus, is, Jesus, if he was talking to the Jews, they would know what the law taught. Love your neighbor, you know, and, and even do good to the strangers. So this has to be talking about something else. So when you read it, it's actually saying, you've heard it said, love your friends, you know. Uh, we've talked about this. Elder Hoskin talked about it. I think Friday night. How how when 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 in exile, the 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 teachers of the law, the scribes and Pharisees, set up these different rules that didn't necessarily line up with what the law of God said. All right. So so you've heard it said. They've told you. They've told you for more. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Right now, enemy is important here, but but you you it's been told love your friends. Essence neighbor that means friends. Love your friends and hate your enemies. What do people do? They love their friends. They love those that they associate with and they hang out with. We got how many friends you got on Facebook <laughs> that are not your friends? <laughs> my my page says I have two thousand something. I don't know those people. Those people don't know me. <laughs> but there's a reason that there are 2,000 and something. Because if, if half of those read my post, what are they reading? One thing they don't read is me cussing somebody out or telling somebody off. I'm talking about all my dirt in my life. I ain't, I ain't got a whole lot, but that's some. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sometimes you read Facebook and you say, good gracious of life. Why do people put that stuff on Facebook? Anyway, there's a reason for that. Because God has connected me with people who are going to read what he has poured into my spirit to write out there on Facebook. That's a reason. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, so you've heard it said, love your neighbor, love your friends, and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. Critical, critical. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes, this connection here, between our Father in heaven and what he does and being children of our Father 
Most of us want our children to be like us. We raise our children to be like us. Can I get any amens? You may not, even when you were in your sins and you had little children, you may not, you may not have said it, but you were raising them to be like you. Hmm. Because they see you. They see what you do more than they hear what you say. They may hear what you say and they may do it in your face and they go in that room behind your back and in their minds and their spirits they say, I'm going to do what I want to do because I saw mama or daddy doing what they did. So they can't tell me anything. Children will get to the point, they'll get old enough where they're in their minds. They might tell you, and then some of them will get bold enough to tell you, you can't tell me anything. Look at what you did. Nah, nah. Lord have mercy. Lord, help us today. Help us today. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are the tax, are the unto tax collectors? Now, in, 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 in their society, they did not love tax collectors. They hated tax collectors. Because tax, tax collectors many times were extortioners. You remember Zacchaeus? said, if I took anything. Because he knew he had taken it. He knew he had been stealing. You know, was, and, 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 and so the, Jew, and, and, and the Jewish people hated him because they realized they were, they were extorting them, but they were also giving money to the hated Roman government. All right. So, so you're not better than them if you just love those who love you. Okay, yeah. So, in the forerunner commentary, I found this on this passage. It says, Jesus says, Jesus says this to help us grasp the marvelous, obliging, and almost overwhelming generosity and magnanimity. Yeah, that's it. Yes, I apologize for that. Magnanimity, nanimity, anyway. It's spelled M A G N A A M I T Y, anyway. Uh, sometimes I get a little tongue tied in some words, okay. Anyway, to show us that of God, the greatness in God's giving, how, how marvelous, how matchless, how huge God's given nature is, his approach to his creation. God gives to his creation. He gives generously, amen, to his creation. This is just the way he is. And he acts this way, listen, and he acts this way despite all that we have thoughtlessly and self-centeredly done against him personally and his creation, which certainly includes other people, both converted and unconverted. Regardless of that, he still gives and gives some more. Take a deep breath right now. I don't care what you did last night. God just gave you the opportunity to breathe his air. Amen. Amen. Every morning you wake up, God has given you the gift of life, physical life, every day you get up. When you go in your kitchen, he's given you a floor to walk on. He put a roof over your head. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If you get food out of your refrigerator or out of your cabinet, God put it there. Amen. God provided for you. You didn't do that. No, 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 no. Just think of the number of people who don't have food to eat. You know, you look at your cabinets and your, and, and, and your pantries and you see what's there. You know, I, one of the pastors from Liberia one time said to me, he was in the kitchen when I was cooking, and I opened the pantry. He said, Bishop, why do you have so much food? 
And I didn't know what to say. I kind of, kind of caught me off guard. And finally said, well, you know, that's, that's just the way it is here in America. But they eat from day to day. They go to the market every day. At that point, they didn't have electricity, so they couldn't store food. So if there was money, they would go to the market and buy food to eat for their children to eat. If there was money. And a lot of them would send their children out because the adults couldn't find work. And they would give their children some tomatoes or some little thing to go out and sell so that the family could have a little extra. Am I right, Elder Luck, Elder Jello? Amen. I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you the truth. But here we are in America with so much that God has given to us. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of how we treated him. Mm. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and that's one point uh, from this, from this, this message. Um, yeah. Well, well, I didn't say the point. <laughs> he does this because this is the way he is by nature. And he is setting an example of what he wants us to become in our nature. He wants us to emulate him. He wants us to be our nature to give, to give love, not just give things, but to give love. He, 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 he is setting the example of what he wants to become every follower's nature. Yes, we are born in sin and with a sin nature. This is the reason we need to be born again by Holy Spirit. We need a new nature. We need a new nature. And only he can give that new nature. Only God. Amen. This new nature is God's nature because Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God who comes to live in us and impart God's nature in us. We might be born in sin, all right? And, 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 uh, and we are born in sin. Now, now, this is the point about created. Uh, we're born in sin. We're not created in sin. Get this. God created Adam and Eve. Now, when you, when you read about the plants and the animals, what God said is the seed is within them to reproduce after its own kind. So when he created Adam and Eve, he gave Adam the seed so that reproduction can take place. So then every human being that has come into the world after Adam and Eve was not created. They were born. Mind these people who say God created me this way. God didn't create you this way. Remember what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. They disobeyed God. They fell from grace. We inherited a sin nature, a nature that has been corrupted. So everybody that's born, not created, because God is not creating every day. Listen to this. I don't mean any harm now, now, and I didn't catch this until Friday night. I caught it Friday night, and don't mean any harm. This is just a teaching moment, please. All right. I didn't, I didn't get this until I, I caught this in the, in the theme song for VBS. It says, God created me, something like that this way. Uh, this is, I, I've been created. And, and, and I said, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Because this is what is being communicated in the world today. So the fault of my sin is not in me or in Satan. It's in God. God didn't create us as sinners. God created Adam and Eve holy, but he gave them the right to choose. Now, to take away the right to choose, you wouldn't like it. 
But in order for us to be like him, he had to give us the right to choose, the freedom to choose. So people are not being created every day. Now, I, the song we just finished singing, created to worship. Speaking of humanity, that's what God has created humanity to do. But it goes on to say, I've been born with a purpose and placed in the earth just to give you praise. So we've been born. Y'all got that? Did y'all get it? Because when you start talking about God created you a certain way, and I know we've said this all over and over and over again, but what we are missing is the doctrine of original sin. All the theologians, theologians caught this and understood the doctrine of original sin. And if I, if I spend this whole message talking about this, that's okay. Well, we got to get this. And we're throwing away the doctrine of original sin and we're putting the fault on God for us doing things that's opposed to him and we're blaming God and saying, God, you created me this way. No! God created Adam and Eve as holy and God challenges us, be holy as I am holy. That's where the challenge comes in. So I cannot stop it. I may have a problem. I may have an issue in my life, but I can't blame God. I got to put the blame where it is. The blame is in Satan. And now I have been challenged to, to be converted. I've been born in sin and shaped in iniquity, but Holy Ghost has come to draw me to God and to transform me and make me like God who is holy. No, 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 no. The church has to get this and the church has to teach this. We got to stop agreeing with people, even if it's our own children. We got to stop agreeing with them that God created them a certain way. That's opposed to his will. All of us have a sin nature. Every one of us. That's why we got to be born again. Jesus didn't tell Nicodemus, go join the church. He said, you must be what? For that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Gotta change, you gotta be transformed. You cannot do it. Nobody can do it in their own power. Only the Holy Ghost can do it. And so we continually submit to Him now. Amen. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So He, he created Adam and Eve with this and gave, gave Adam the seed. The seed has the power of reproduction. Amen. So, what's happening is that we are being produced from a corrupted seed. From a, a person who sinned, who followed Adam and Eve. So we can't blame God. People used to preach and joke, well, well, Eve, Eve, Eve is the cause. Eve listened and Eve. So, so, so the woman is the fault. No, Satan is the fault. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your wife. It's not against your children. We wrestle against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against a spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly realm. That's where the battle is. And we got to take it back to where it is. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you get to the place where you blame God, where you begin to say, well, this is just the way I am. It doesn't have to be homosexuality. It doesn't have to be lesbianism. It can be addiction. It can be a gossiping spirit. It can be a lying spirit. It can be a husband cheating, white cheating, white beating spirit, whatever. When you read that passage in Romans, it's not just talking about homosexuality. It's talking about anything that's against the will of God that has been perverted by Satan. Woo! Glory to the name of Jesus. Yeah. So we've got to be born again. We've got to be born again. Holy Spirit comes to impart in us a new nature. A new nature. So, so, so let me tell you something. When Jesus said, that man came to Jesus one day, and he said, good master, 
the first thing Jesus said, now, now of course, if, you've listened, if you remember the teaching on that, this, this goes a little bit deeper than what I'm going to say right now. But let me just say this so we can go on. He said, good master. Jesus said, there's none good but the Father. Why do you call me good? So, you know, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Mm. This, 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 this goes contrary to what we're doing today. You see your children acting out, and, and you're trying to affirm them. You know, you want to help them, help them have a positive attitude. But we can't, we can't, we can't give positive, we can't affirm bad behavior. You can't affirm bad behavior because when you affirm bad behavior in children, then all you're doing is reinforcing that sin nature. So they grow up thinking that, that, that okay, I'm good. Mama said I was good. Daddy said I was good. So when I go and shoot somebody, I'm good. You reaffirmed it when they were children. You wouldn't call that demon spirit out. You wouldn't lay your hands on that child and pray for that child and cast that spirit out. A whipping couldn't deliver them. Your fussing can't deliver them. It's the power of God. You can't affirm bad behavior in children. Because when you start affirming bad behavior, you're saying that behavior is good. You're affirming that sin nature. Lord, have mercy. Yeah, we've been, we've been, we've been talked about, we've been put down, we've been called less than, than human beings, but we find our value in God. Find our value in God. Amen. Oh, God, help us today. Help us today. Now, 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 now we said... I hope I covered all of that. I pray I covered all of that because Holy Spirit just, just stirred my heart as I was reading this thing. You know, that, that, that we, we were born uh, in this world. We got to see, we got to stop talking about God made me this way. No, he didn't make you that way because he ain't creating new people every day. Yeah, we are a result of the seed that has been reproduced. Lord have mercy. Now, 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 we said that God was setting the example of what he wanted us to become in our nature. Uh, when an example is set, we must become knowledgeable of that example, and we become knowledgeable by being exposed to that example so that we learn from that example that's set. If you are not a student of the word, and you can take this as a rebuke if you want to. If you are not a student of the word, then what God wants you to do is sit under the teachers of the word so that you become a student of the word. I was talking with a friend of mine. He said, you know, I don't use the term Christianity. I say, well, people are the way. Like, okay, okay, we don't get confused folk like that. But I understand what he's saying. He, no, he said, well, people are the book. The people of the book. Yeah. As opposed to just being Christian, because you know, in Christianity, you got all kinds of stuff. They call themselves Christians. You got all kinds of denominations that believe all kinds of things and say, we're under the banner of Christianity. He said, we're people of the book. But you have to, if you're not a student of the word, it means that, that you don't spend time, you know, you can judge yourself. I don't have to judge you. I ain't trying to judge you. I ain't looking in your house. I ain't got time to do that. I'm going to go home today and finish cooking and sit down and put my feet up and enjoy my sisters and my brothers. I ain't coming by your window. But you know whether you're a student of the word or not. If you're not a student of the word, then what you do is you, you pray for that desire. Oh, God. Yeah, I want a hunger and thirst after righteousness. God, give me a hunger. Give me a thirst. Now, now, when teaching comes, because I got a hunger and a thirst, I'm going to run to the teaching. I'm not going to take the opportunity to avoid the teaching because I need the teaching. I need to sit under the word of God. You know how long I've been preaching? I've been preaching almost, what, 47 years. Ain't nobody in here been preaching that long. That means I've been studying this word 47 years. 
Nobody in here been preaching that long. You might have been studying the word of the Lord that long. So if I can sit under the word, why can't you sit under the word? If I can run to the teaching of the word of the Lord, why can't you run to the teaching of the word of the Lord? If I need the word, I shouldn't have to say that again. When the example is set, we have to become exposed to that example so we become knowledgeable of that example. So if I'm going to know Christ's way, I have to be exposed to him. I have to learn of him. I'm going to know God. I've got to be exposed to him. I've got to learn of him. I can't spend all of my time in front of the television, all my time scrolling on Facebook, all of my time talking on the phone to people. I've got to spend some time in his presence. And not just listening to songs. Let me tell you, you have to vet songs. Because every singer is not theologically sound. And you need to be theologically sound. There, you have gates, you have ways of entrance that Satan gets to your mind. One of them is the ear gate. So you have to be careful what you hear. Yeah. And you have to think about what you hear. Yeah. I was teaching one time, and I was talking about songs people sing. And, you know, we were, in the, we, we were in the, where we were, and people would sing this song that says, I promised my, mama, my mother before she died I'd be one faithful child. And I said, how are you singing that song your mama's sitting on the choir with you? And one lady got so vexed with me, she said, I'm just helping everybody else sing. But it's still a lie. Your mama's sitting beside you. She ain't died yet. But there are worse songs. There are songs today that are reaching Thousands upon thousands and millions of people communicating things that are not sound, according to the word. I was talking to Elder Hoskins about this yesterday, and I'm not harping on this. I'm not harping. Please don't feel bad. I, I just need to teach this. I said, you know, that particular song, that says one word in that song ties into the philosophy of, of this time. And I said, even though people may not have had an intention to do it, well, I think he said that to me. I said, but think about this, Elder. This is vacation Bible school material that is going to be taught in thousands of churches, not just TOP, across the United States and other places. And that, that, that one little see, I said, the person who wrote the song may have been very intentional about what they were doing. Because we see this agenda being pushed on television, in music, in videos. We see this. But people are not sound in doctrine. And people are pushing Satan's agenda. I don't blame anybody. If I would blame anybody, I would blame myself for not listening closely beforehand. Jimmy, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not harping on this. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you gotta, you gotta, so we get exposed to God, so we become knowledgeable of his example. And if, so if we don't expose ourselves, if your only exposure to God and the teaching of the word is on a Sunday morning, you are in bad trouble. Yeah. Well, two things. This speaks to the matter of humility when you look at this. You will never learn and display this kind of giving uh, if you do not humble yourself to the Lord and his teaching. Through word, his teaching through word and his teaching through example. One way to describe humility is to stop resisting and submit. Stop resisting. 
Submit, humble yourself. A born-again believer does not constantly resist the life-changing and life-giving breath of God. We don't do that. And we're born again. Even if we do something wrong, Holy Spirit immediately convicts us and we submit. We don't resist. We don't resist. We're open and receptive to him. Even if we don't get it right all of the time. My feelings are not hurt. If somebody tells me something that I did that was out of line. Because guess what? My feelings are not important. My salvation is important. My walk with the Lord is important. My example is important, not my feelings. And if you're not there yet, get there. You got to challenge yourself. Yeah, you'll feel something happened the other day and I had a some kind of way thought in my mind. I said, the devil is devil. You're a liar. That thought will not take root in my mind because what that person did was not intentional. Well, two things actually happened. Can that stuff take root? You got to realize that there's an enemy that you're fighting against. And I got to look at God. Now, God says, Ooh, let, me, let, me, let me go a little bit further because I got to finish this. I ain't going to finish it. No, I won't finish it. I won't finish it. You've heard it said, love your enemies and love your neighbor and hate your enemies. Love your friends and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I tell you, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven who causes the sun, he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. The last part of that verse says, do not even uh, he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He wants us to be like him. This exposure, this knowledge that I'm talking about is much deeper than a soft, mushy giving. It's much deeper than a tit-for-tat giving. I give to you. I love you because you love me. I treat you nice because you treat me nice. It's much more than that. It is a giving that does not expect reciprocation. Doesn't expect reciprocation. Who did he say love? He said, love your enemies. You don't expect your enemies to reciprocate because they don't understand what you're doing, first of all. They don't understand why you're doing it. Now, we have been, we've been raised, it has been said. <laughs> Not just to the, to the Jews, but it's been said to us. Sometimes our parents raise us not to like people. They didn't give to you. You don't give to them. We ain't got our money to be giving away to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a radical giving that accepts the fact that we will be taken advantage of. It accepts the fact that we will be rejected. I guess y'all know this, right? Thank you. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because of the persons we are giving to. And because of what we're giving, because of what we're giving is love to our enemies. And our enemies don't have, they don't understand. They don't have our best interests at heart. Amen. Our enemies, are, sometimes if they're enemies, they're out to hurt us. Our enemies will do all they can to stop us from living for God and doing the things that will advance God's kingdom. But, 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 let's talk a little bit about the enemy that he's talking about. Because when you, the enemy he's talking about here is those who are opposed to the things of God. For God so loved, what? Did the world love God? Did the world love Jesus? Was Jesus despised and rejected of men? Was he hated? Was he not killed? But yet God loved. Yet God loved. Oh, but you say, oh, I thought the enemy was that person that did me wrong. Now, now listen to this. Because as I was meditating on this, we don't, we talk about being sinners but we don't talk about being enemies of God. 
Before you were born again, you were God's enemy. When your behavior is out of character, you're God's enemy. This goes back to what we're teaching folk about you're good and that behavior is good and God created you this way, so it must be all right. No, you have now become an enemy of God. The Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity with God. If you're friends with the world, if you accept the world's philosophy and the world's teaching, now you become an enemy of God. You can preach in the pulpit and be an enemy of God. But Jesus says for those of us who are born of his spirit, those of us who are his children, those of us who are are his followers, we're even to love those who oppose him and his kingdom. But Jesus instructs us no way of virtue for the powerful, powerful people. Mm -mm. Nor is it a manifestation of community solidarity. Let's come together. Let's just love everybody. Nor is it a council of self-interest. Yeah, he's, not, he's not dealing with you and your own interests. Uh, it's not even based on the cynic's assessment that no real evil has been done to anybody. Cynics say that. It is certainly an imitation of God. It is certainly an imitation of God. It's an exercise of moral superiority. Not that we're looking to be superior, but Jesus, God, has raised the bar. He says, love your enemies. He's raised the bar for his children. For his children. Isn't that what he says? He said, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And he's speaking of what God has done because God has loved people who didn't love him. You didn't love God at one point, but God loved you. He loved you. He loved you. So why would Jesus use this parable to teach about God's giving nature? Yes, it's a challenge to one of the toughest places in our lives. Yes. Most people don't want to do anything with their enemies. We generally, you know, I used to pray. I have prayed, not used to. I prayed at one time. The Holy Spirit convicted me. I can't pray that prayer. God, I want you to deal with them. If you have to take them out, God, take them out. That ain't my place. That ain't my place. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. And God can pardon. God can forgive whomever he wants to forgive. Okay. Could it be that God wants to show us that at one point in our lives, we were his enemies? Yeah. Because the enemies, as I said, he's talking about in this passage, is those who oppose him. Amen. James 4 and 4 says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Even in that, God has demonstrated his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, while we were still, while we were still opposed to him, while we were still his enemies, Christ died for us, for the ungodly, those who opposed him. So he could teach us this as his children because we at one point have opposed him. And we have to love those who today are opposing him. But we love them for a purpose. We love them for a, 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 a purpose. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, God is very intentional about what he's doing in this passage of Scripture. Amen. Uh, the commentary goes on to say, don't be misled. God is not a thoughtless, wealthy, spendthrift sap. He does all of this giving for purposeful wisdom. And especially so to his children that he is now preparing for his family kingdom can emulate him. 
God is preparing us. He loved so that we can love. He gave love, imparted his spirit in us so that we can give love to others. The song we sing doesn't tell the whole truth. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters he lifted me, now safe am I. The whole truth is we were not just sinners. We were opposed to God. We were God's enemies. That's the truth. But the Lord. But the Lord. And so now he says to you and me, do likewise. Love your enemies. Love those who oppose him. Love those who oppose his kingdom because that's the way you draw them. God drew us by his love. He drew us by his love. Saints, if we are going to reach the world for Christ, it has to be done through love. When we get together, think about those who might be among us who don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord. When you're out with your friends in the park, think about somebody who might be watching you who's not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Lord lays someone on your heart that might be not the best dressed, might have a body odor, might have a mean disposition, might present themselves as hard and uninviting. Remember, God gives love. And as his children, we give love. As we deal with people who oppose God and his kingdom, and they may oppose God vehemently, but we're going to reach them through love. Now, there were times when Jesus said some harsh words to those who, 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 who were hypocritical. He was dealing with the scribes, the Pharisees. You whitewashed walls. You opened sepulchers. But there were scribes and Pharisees who came to Jesus. They saw something different in him. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Came to Jesus. There were Orthodox Jews who followed Jesus. Not just the Gentiles because of the love that he displayed and distributed, um, displayed before them and demonstrated, that's the word I want to use, before them. And he says to us, you go and do likewise. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, both in York and, 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 and Rock Hill and South Carolina, in the United States of America. You shall be witnesses unto me. How am I witnessing? Through the love that I'm distributing, I'm displaying, demonstrating as I go. Even in my words that are, that are seasoned, that are graceful words, I demonstrate the love of Christ. Let's stand. I pray that the word of God has, has been help for you today. Love, it's been said, love your neighbors, love your friends. But I say to you, love your enemies. That you may be children of your father. Amen. Lord, you're saying, if I don't love my enemies, then I'm not your child. Well, if we need to come to, if we need to be challenged at a point in our lives, Holy Spirit has a way of convicting us. We may have, we may have, for, for those of us who sit under the word, God always challenges us so that we will grow more, so that we grow deeper. For those who don't sit under the word, God is challenging us to come up. He challenges us at points in our lives where we need challenging, and He does it because He loves us. He loves us. And He wants us to be like Him. Being a Christian is not joining the church. It's not coming to worship. 
being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus Christ is relationship with Jesus. He is the Lord. We're his children. We're learning of him so that we can be like him and we can be his change agents in the world around us. That's why we're here. That's why you're in the world. God wants you to demonstrate his love. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it doesn't return to you, boy, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Now, Lord, draw someone to you that they might be saved, that they may experience your love and your grace and your mercy, that they may experience you and know you as their Savior and the Lord of their lives. Thank you now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. There may be someone today you're in the sanctuary or watching us online. You've heard the fact that the Lord loves you. The Lord has a plan for your life. That, that, that love that God has for you, that plan starts working once you give your life to Jesus. Stop opposing him. Stop going your own way and doing your own thing. He wants you to be exposed to him. He wants you to know him so that you will begin to know his plan and his purpose for your life. It starts with giving your life to Jesus as Savior and Lord. Salvation. Salvation is at the point where you decide in your own will. We'll lead you in a prayer of confession, but it has to come from your own will. You have to want Jesus. You have to want to be saved. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and let me tell you, I will say this because nobody ever decides to come to the Lord. If you sense this, if you're hearing me now and there is a sense in you that you want to give your life to Jesus, it's by the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit is already working in you. Now the thing is for you to say yes, for you to say, for you to obey him, ask him to come into your life because in and of yourself you will never make that decision you'll never make that decision he's working right now if you're hearing if you're desiring to give your life to Jesus he is working he is calling you he's, he's reaching you right where you are and, and calling you to him if you are backslider you, you've heard this word and, and, and you sense the need to recommit your life to Jesus. That's the work of Holy Spirit in your life. That lets you know that the Lord has not forgotten about you. That the Lord does love you. You may have been opposing him and doing all kinds of things, but the same love that we've been talking about, he loves you. He wants the best for your life. So I want to lead you in this prayer of confession. If you're, if you're watching me right now, if you're in the sanctuary. And then once we pray the prayer of, of faith, if you're in the sanctuary, I would like for you to come down front and, and make your confession uh, publicly. If you're watching us online, I would like for you to, to uh, watch the screen. It'll give you information as to how to write to us and give us your information so that we can get back in contact with you. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I can't save myself. I've been opposing you. I've been opposing your kingdom. Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me for never having accepted you as my Lord and my Savior. But today, Lord, I believe that you died for me on that cross. You shed your, your precious blood, your righteous blood, so that I could be saved from my sin and acceptable to God. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. Be my Savior. Be the Lord of my life. 
I surrender to you. I believe now that I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.